Hello and welcome to Accent of Women, a show by and about women from diverse cultures and languages right across the world. I'm Giselle Hanna. A series of street protests, strikes and hunger strikes began in Israel in early 2023 in response to the ruling government's push for a broad judicial reform. The protests have been taking place since the 7th of January, every Saturday in cities across the country, as well as in various locations during weekdays. Then, at the end of February, in the most violent settler attack on Palestinians in decades, 400 Israeli vigilantes went on a rampage in Huara, a town close to the northern city of Nablus in the West Bank. At least one Palestinian was killed and more than 100 were injured in the pogrom-style attack. There were horrific scenes of settlers, some masked and carrying guns and other weapons, setting fire to scores of homes and shops, destroying 35 and damaging at least 40 more. They torched more than 400 cars and destroyed agricultural property, leaving the town aflame for hours afterwards. Nine Palestinian families had to be rescued from their homes. And the Israeli protests continue, involving hundreds of thousands of a population of just over 9 million, and they've been ongoing for the last 13 weeks against the far-right government of Benjamin Netanyahu's plans to stage a coup against the judiciary. His plans, pursued alongside his fascistic coalition partners, are part of a broader project to dramatically escalate the Israeli state's persecution of the Palestinians, the occupation of the West Bank and Gaza, and to clamp down on growing social and political opposition in the Israeli working class. And yet, no mention of the struggle for Palestinian sovereignty in any of these protests. The protests reached a new peak of intensity on Sunday and Monday, the 26th and 27th of March, after Netanyahu fired his defence minister, Yov Gallant. Up to 600,000 people turned out to protest and strikes spread across all sectors, closing universities, grounding flights and shutting ports. Late on Monday, the 28th of March, 10 hours after he was originally scheduled to make a statement, Netanyahu announced that the judicial reform legislation would be paused to prevent a civil war. But he did so only after negotiations with the far-right parties in his government, granting them a National Guard controlled by the Interior Ministry led by Jewish supremacist Itamir Ben-Gavir. What do these Israeli protests mean, especially the general strike by workers? Is there any chance for working-class solidarity between Israelis and Palestinians? The history of Israeli apartheid against Palestinians probably means no. But to share her analysis, I'm joined by Palestinian socialist and educator Reem Yunus. We have been hearing in the Western and Australian media lately about now it is entered it's uh, 13 weeks already of uh, rebellions and protests which is unprecedented in what is called the state of israel and that's why uh, it is thought that uh, netanyahu is on shaky grounds and yes netanyahu has been in and out of government for a while because he is facing a lot of corruption charges from the past so it is not very surprising that we see that he wants to overhaul the judicial system. 
alongside that, there is uh, they have these economical uh, impending economical situation that is uh, worsening and worsening. And we have Netanyahu on the top of a government that is the most right wing extremist right wing uh, ever been elected in uh, Israel since its inception in 1948. Everybody says that. Now, what is behind that? Well, what is behind that is actually uh, two poles of uh, uh, of powers at play um, fighting over um, the leadership of Israel. Let's remember that uh, uh, for for one moment we shouldn't think that uh, this is a democratic state as they uh, export for the West. Um, this state has been established since 1948 on uh, and 47 and 48 on the uh, ethnic cleansing and genocide of Palestine. What's happening now is since its inception, there there used to be uh, lots of governments that come and go that give themselves the coating of um, liberal uh, values. And these are the people who are actually going into the protests these days in the past month of March. Uh, people such as the former prime minister of Israel, uh, Lapid, and the former uh, defense minister, Benny Gantz. They are opposing the government's attack on the judicial system. Yes, the attacks on the judicial system has to be fought, but the, uh, actually what is happening is the power play between two political uh, parties or two political camps, if you like. So the camp that Netanyahu won power and concocted this extremist government in Israel since December 2022 is considered the uh, the epitome of the uh, extremist and people who are overtly overtly racist such as the likes of Bezalel Smotrich and the other one is Ben Gvir so Itamar Ben Gvir who is now the minister of um, national security and uh, Smotrich who is the financial minister both of these people, um, yes, they are extremists. Like <laughs> even uh, Smotrich, he even by his own mouth, he said it himself that he is actually a, a homophobe, a fascist homophobe. Yet he gained notoriously popular, not popular, but let's say famous around the world uh, because of uh, his racist views, such as uh, even while he was a member in parliament, even before becoming uh, uh, a minister, he uh, called for uh, the women in the, the maternity ward in um, Israel to to separate the Arab Palestinian women from the Israeli women, for example. And um, Smotrich himself is uh, before becoming uh, political, he was a leader in. Um, a very extremist party that was living in the um, and still living in uh, an illegal settlement called Kedumim, which is near Kalkilia in the West Bank. And he was part of those Israeli settlers who went around uh, uh, torching houses and uh, attacking uh, Palestinians. 
we have these people who are this camp who are overtly racist and overtly uh, extremist and they even not shy uh, from saying these racist views for example when the pogrom happened in Hawara 26th of February this year uh, this pogrom happened on the hands of the of the Israeli settlers and uh, one Palestinian was killed more than 100 houses torched more than uh, uh, hundreds of people injured that's a, a, a village near Nablus uh, which is like in the heart of the West Bank um, and he did not actually uh, condemn it he actually and get that he actually condemned the attack not because he is against the Israeli Israeli settlers um, committing this pogrom but because it should have been done earlier and by the Israeli Defense Army they call it defense of course in my hand in my eyes it's it's the offense army so imagine that's the kind of overtly racist camp the other camp that is fighting and uh, jumping on the bandwagon of people unhappy economically and politically and about Netanyahu changing um, the judicial system are the people who are covertly racist. I, do, I have no illusion that someone like Benny Gantz, the defense minister who oversaw the war, the barbaric war on Gaza in 2014, in his own words, he has seen, uh, he has seen the destruction of Gaza into the Stone Ages from the so much attacks he's done, uh, his troops done. Uh, or Lapid, or all, let's let's remember all these leaders or prime ministers um, in recent years, like Zipi Livni, Livni was during, she was the prime minister during the attacks on Gaza 2008, uh, 2009, and there was uh, Ehud Barak, Yehud uh, Olmert, um, all these people, although they are uh, attacking the um, Netanyahu's government and saying, oh, you guys are not liberal enough. I think they should have a, a good look in the mirror into themselves because whatever is being said from these uh, um, extreme, extremely racist guys in Netanyahu's government, is actually been realized on the ground during all the previous governments, even in days when there is no attack on Gaza. Who has overseen the uh, attacks on Lebanon? Who uh, who has overseen the uh, attacks um, uh, on settlements on East Jerusalem and building and expanding and stealing land over and over and over over? since 1948 till today and Israeli politicians they know it themselves and they call it incremental genocide and they are happy to do it they just don't say it loud and hide behind the coating of um, liberalism and because of that uh, European Union and Western government and uh, in general they are more happy to deal with them rather than the more embarrassing one, ones like these um, extremists. Having said that, the other day, uh, Smotrich, the same uh, lunatic I talked about from the beginning, uh, was visiting France and, and uh, 
was addressing um, a group of, I think it was in early March, and he was uh, uh, addressing a group of his supporters who are pro-Zionist or Zionist, and standing in front of a map that is the so-called Greater Israel. He was standing in front of it, and he was saying there is no such thing as the Palestinians. The Palestinians are an invention that only existed less than 100 years ago. Well, that Smotrich, when he said that, and when he stood to say that Huwara should be wiped out, but on the hands of the Israeli army rather than the settlers, um, what happened from America, you know, Americans' uh, allies with Israel is, is so holy, um, the, U the, the U.S. spokesperson of the U.S. Uh, State Department, um, Ned Price, he said, well, this is pregnant, uh, this is distasteful, this is extreme, it should be denounced by Netanyahu. And then it was forgotten. Netanyahu never, of course, disowned um, Smotrich, neither did the United States follow up on that um, regarding Israel. And that is just expected. But the only thing, as I said, is there are two camps fighting together. And I consider these liberal camps just uh, being opportunist because they want to uh, send uh, Netanyahu out of office. That's it. But they were overseeing uh, pogroms. Well, well, the pogroms now will be increasing in their intensity and in their um, quantity because they are emboldened by the fact uh, that they never got even a slap on the wrist. Imagine there, um, someone like um, uh, one of these uh, members of the party uh, where uh, Smotrich, uh, no, Ben Gvir uh, belongs to, uh, they were uh, protesting in the Knesset, which is the Israeli uh, parliament, about the fact that two Israeli settlers were detained after the pogrom in Hawara. And now we have all these attacks happening day in and day out uh, in the West Bank um, under the sight of the world, unfortunately. And on community radio stations right across Australia, you're listening to Accent of Women. I'm discussing the current political crisis in Israel with Reem Yunus, a Palestinian socialist and educator. Well, that is an, an interesting thing that you raise because obviously we've seen these massive protests in Israel, what's being called the biggest um, civil rights movement and protest movement in that country since 1948. But at no point, at no point during those um, massive protests, supposedly for democratic rights, did those protesters look at or raise any demands about the ongoing occupation of Palestine. Normally, when we see that in a period of political crisis and mass resistance, people's consciousness develops and True. solidarity is a natural outcome. Why is this not the case in Israel? Because those protesters aren't just the opposing parties. The, the protests have attracted parts of civil society as well. Correct. Um, well, remember that uh, 
Israel was was um, since 1947-48 it was built on ethnic cleansing of the Palestinians and since then the psychology of the Israelis and the uh, programming if you like of the youth in Israel uh, day in and day out since um, since the beginning uh, since Ben Gurion for example or all these leaders that came through through the 50s, 60s, 70s until now um, and uh, is about racism. So Israel is inherently racist. It is not a real state. It is uh, uh, a colonial settler state uh, based on apartheid and based about uh, on dehumanizing uh, the population that they occupied. And they have been doing this genocide for the Palestinians uh, uh, forever. Um, well, it started maybe with Deir Yassin and many, many of the other massacres for these villages in 1948, but it continued with, for example, the Bedouin communities in the Negev um, desert in the south, in the um, Masafir Yata uh, ta town around the West Bank, in all these uh, illegal settler uh, places and outposts that they build all around um, the West Bank. And they are crisscrossed by Israeli-only roads where if you are walking accidentally as a Palestinian, uh, you will be shot at because the Israelis are allowed, the Jewish settlers are allowed to be, to to um, to carry guns and uh, shoot or even use their cars to kill uh, our children going to school at will. And there's nobody to say no to them. Uh, I remember in 2014 war, um, I was shocked to read that uh, a lot of young men and women, uh, they were standing on a, uh, on a hill overseeing Gaza while the Gazans were while the Israeli army was bombing um, the phosphorus, white phosphorus on Gaza in 2008. And these, they were bringing with them, as if they are watching movies, they were bringing popcorn and, and uh, picnic uh, uh, and cheering on. And they are saying, our kids are doing well. Our, our boys are doing well, uh, as if they are watching uh, video games. Um, like that kind of racism that they are programmed at, it entrenched the people in 1948 Palestine, the Israeli people who come from all over the world. But um, as one of our po poets put it, Mahmoud Darwish, uh, the Israeli person in that industrialized or fabricated state has been born in a tank, went to school, in a tank, got married in a tank, and he will die in a tank. They are living in the sea in the siege mentality where everybody is against us, and we have to be uh, more um, aggressive on them and kill them more to um, to survive. That kind of uh, mentality or psychology. How do you go through that? You have an occupier who is doing its best to say that we do not exist, or if we existed, we are less than humans, and it's okay to torch our kids alive. 
um, like what happened in East Jerusalem in 2014, just before the attack on Gaza, when they uh, some settlers rounded a boy who was sitting in front of his home and, 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 and set him on fire. Set him on fire. Oh my God, like alive. He was alive. And and just in the same in the same year, they they attacked a, a man and wife and his two babies, and only one of them uh, survived with severe burns. The man and wife and the baby, the younger baby, died because the whole house was set on fire while they were sleeping at night. That kind of mentality. How how do you deal with that? What kind of um, working class power would do that? Uh, would would uh, overcome that? That's why I I don't think they follow the logic that me and you understand about working class people when they revolt against their oppressive regimes. They are not oppressed by their regimes. Yes, they may have some uh, differences, but they are the oppressors. They are our jailers. They are our burner, our torturers. They are our um, uh, killers and murderers and and everything. They are the oppressors. So, they are part of the machine. Since they are 16, they have to go to, to the military. And if they don't, they go to prison. It's on the fringe of the fringe of Israel, those who are anti-racist uh, and anti-Zionist. So what does this, what does all of this mean then for the Palestinians, even if Netanyahu is pushed out of office, if the opposition succeeds? Um, yeah. What does this mean for the struggle for a free Palestine if they can't find allies amongst the working class in Israel? Uh, well, as, Mar as a Marxist, I believe that the Palestinians should have allies with the Arab working class. Uh, not the Israeli working class, but um, there are some good news amongst all this smoke and fire and bloodshed that we are hearing about, and it's squishing our hearts. And we have an impotent Palestinian authority, but in the same time, there are new resistance moving, movements emerging uh, in the West Bank and Gaza, uh, uh, different. It's a generation that is different from those who um, supported Hamas in Gaza, and then when they saw when Hamas was in power, it's the same as uh, Palestinian Authority in power in in the West Bank. We have these resistance movements. Yes, they are small. Yes, they are burgeoning, but they are there. And I'm telling you, I'm. Um, hearing good news about that. I'm feeling the hope that, of course, we like to say the revolutionary hope because Palestinians have learned over 75 years, by, by 1948, I mean, by uh, 15th of May this year, it will be 75 years. And we learned the hard way that the price of being paralyzed by fear or fleeing your own homes like what happened in 1948, is bigger than the price we pay um, if we resist. So that's why there is uh, resistant, bur resistance burgeoning in Palestine. And we just hope that um, the Arab working class around um, manage also to, 
to to overthrow our despotic regimes all, all around or at least in one country so we can um, find um, some allies for us um, uh, because at the moment the situation is bleak um, I cannot go ahead of myself like some people who who are happy about these demonstrations um, in Israel that it is it means the the destruction of Israel no hold your breath <laughs> it will not happen uh, real liberation will come um, when the Zionist project is dismantled root and branch um, to give way for a democratic uh, secular state where all um, ethnicities and religions live as equal. That was Reem Yunus, Palestinian socialist and educator, discussing the current political crisis in Israel. And that's all we've got time for on today's program. Accent of Women is produced in the Melbourne studios of Community Radio 3CR with the financial assistance of the Community Broadcasting Foundation. The show is distributed nationally via the Community Radio Network with special thanks to the Community Broadcasting Association of Australia. Music for Accent of Women was written and produced by George Kanjeri. If you want to hear this show again or any of our previous programs, you can download the podcast from 3CR's website. That's 3cr.org.au. Go to the Accent of Women page and follow the links to this week's show. If you want to get in touch with the producers of the show, you can write to us at accentofwomen at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter or like our page on Facebook. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Giselle Hanna and I look forward to your company again next week.